The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Monday, October 31st, 2022, season 18, episode number 62. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break, live from SWBC Morgan Studios at the Star. We are presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. It is Halloween, and uh, we get to talk about something not so scary. Cowboys get a win yesterday. They win 49-29 in a game that, well, we'll just let these guys tell you what they think of this game. Amber, let's start with you. What is the story of this game? Oh, God, I'm unprepared. Um, you knew it was coming. <laughs> shoot. It was, yeah, no. Um, storyline. I don't know what the exact storyline is, but I'm pretty damn excited about what oh. this offense is looking like. Dak Prescott, I thought he had, how Americans say, a hell of a game. How about that one, Brian? It's pretty good. Like that. Yeah, yeah, Dak had a hell of a game. No, loved seeing him run, <laughs> loved seeing him just use, just. Be him. He was just him. Um, obviously, they ran the ball very, very well. I think that we'll probably be talking about this in the next weeks to come. The whole debate once again about Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard uh, doesn't help that Tony ran so well yesterday. <laughs> but it's a great problem to have. So, uh, long story short, I'm just very, very happy about everything that I saw offensively and what the Cowboys were able to do and even the receivers. We saw a lot more of Michael Gallup and and CeeDee Lamb, which is kind of what we were talking about during the week, just how Kellen gets them involved and open in situations where they can be open more. And I think we saw uh, some improvement in that aspect. Nick? Uh, I thought they were able to show that they could win with offense, and that's something that you know at some point they're going to have to win different ways. This defense still carries this team, but they're going to have to win with offense. They showed that they can do it. Kellen Moore, I thought, had a great uh, game that he called. So you're going to have to win. You know, then the playoffs. There's going to be games that are, you know, grinded out games. There's going to be some high scoring games. They, every game takes a life of its own, and this one did. And the Cowboys showed that, that for this game, they they could do it. Brian, muy bueno. with your defensive depth and I say this in a way of that there was one time where I looked on the field there was McQuamu, there was Clark there was Marquise Bell Mm -hmm. they were out there fighting against a team that if you don't get practice reps against during the week with the way that they scheme these guys don't. They don't. They're scout team guys out there playing right now and having to defend a, an offense that stresses you out. They stress you out with the running game. We talked about it here just a little bit pre-show. They're down 20-something points. They're still running the ball. And now they test your physicality. Are you able to get off blocks? Are you able to do the things necessary to stop them? And a lot of guys on that defense yesterday got to play that don't normally get reps. And, you know, it's, it, it's not an excuse. I mean, the, the Bears got yards, but they didn't get points. You know, they didn't really get points. That's what running the ball will do for you. 
It'll it'll yeah, you can grind people down, but how many how many points are you gonna get? Kellen Moore was outstanding calling a game yesterday, but I'm gonna give this defensive depth and give the front office some credit for getting these guys involved and get these defensive coaches some credit for getting them ready enough to play and to finish that football game because at the bitter end it was not the team that you started with on defense at all. Let's talk about this offense. Uh yesterday they had six touchdowns. Uh, in nine possessions, I'm not including the final possession where they just had uh, they just knelt on the ball, um, and then they had a TD in their first four possessions. They got off to a fast start, which again goes to the point that you guys are making, and I think everyone thought, hey, you get out to a fast lead on these guys, you make them one dimensional, and make them have to throw the ball. They don't. They did not. They kept running the ball, and they were doing it effectively. They just couldn't catch up with that formula. But Cowboys offense put up 442 yards. Um, Dak was, I think, outstanding. 21 of 27, 77.7 percent completion rate uh that's two weeks in a row that he's been around that 75 77 range in completions which is a really great number 250 yards two touchdowns one interception 114.5 rating he also had the five rushes for 34 yards nick i was thinking about you in the press box there was a play just before the the one of the nice runs that he had i think it might have been a touchdown run Mm -hmm. Uh, but right before that play uh, you saw it, and you were like, man, he's got all this room out run. there, and he didn't run it. And you were like, man, this is not the Dak. Come on, you got to be the Dak I need you. And next play, here we go, touchdown. But let's talk about that. <laughs> what 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 part of Dak's game stood out to you the most yesterday? Nick, we'll start with you. Um, I, I think I think he – I thought he, he took what the defense was given, which was a lot of slants. You know how I feel about that. I, I think that that's one thing that Dak isn't great at throwing is the slant, uh, shockingly. And But I'll say this. Other than Aikman, we haven't seen – like Romo wasn't good at the slant. It just wasn't his best throw, you know. And But Gallup helped him out to yesterday yeah. that he didn't as much before. But I thought just, just a little bit of movement. There's one play. Remember, I think I, – I, I don't remember exactly what happened – it was a very subtle step up and roll to the right mm-hmm. step, kind of reset his feet and throw it. And that's something that Cooper Rush, we didn't see from him. He likes it, a clean pocket, stand there and throw. He can make the throw. But this was just like, he had just off your spot just a little bit. And Dak, you know, he, and he makes good throws on the run. That one wasn't on the run. It was just kind of resetting his feet. But he moves in the pocket pretty well. And that's going to get better and better. I, I just thought third down he rolled out he had it he could have got the first down and he didn't take it he threw it to Rowdy back there in the end zone and then the next play I was like well I mean that's the kind of deck that in the next play he he runs in for a touchdown before I can even finish my sentence (laughs) right yeah I think the thing with Dak was the we're going to learn today the interception wasn't his fault when you sit down and I I think we have coordinators today right do they get do they answer those questions for you and stuff I I think that Somebody off the, uh, you know, somebody's going to be able to find out. I, you know, I was talking with Isaiah Stanback about it. We were both watching the play, and and the description of how you the play was run with the tight ends holding the linebackers in place, and then you run the route in between the safety and the linebackers. I think you're going to learn there, maybe off the record or something, that Lamb needs to be that route needs to be further inside. He went too far up the field. Dak was throwing that ball in a way that it was for that just he was going to try and fit it between the linebackers who were held by the tight end and then also the safety who was playing deep in the middle of the field. If that route gets thrown, if he runs that route a little bit flatter inside, that's a big play. And I think that's what Dak saw. Last night when I saw this thing, damn, he didn't see the safety again. Mm -hmm. 
And when you watch the way the route combination is with the linebackers, the tight ends, and then where it needs to be and how deep that guy was playing, Dak made the right read. He just needs a little help from his, from his guy getting inside, and I think Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy will admit that today. You know, real quick, and before you jump in on that, I wanted to say about that, you know, when you talk about those kinds of routes and even talk going back to the slant route, um, I agree with you, Nick, that I don't know that it necessarily matches up all the time. It's a route that seems to be a bit of a problem for them, but I don't know that it's all Dak. I do wonder in some instances, are your receivers – taking the right angles? Uh, are they making their breaks at the at the right? Because uh, that is a very precise route. It is literally just like it's a precise uh, a situation for the quarterback. He's got a three-step drop, get the ball out. And so everything has to match up. The receivers have to be in the right depth. They have to be at the right angle. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's involved in that. So I'm not sure it's always just the quarterback no, as yeah. much as it could be receivers and quarterback just aren't on the same page, it seems like, with these slants. To your point, they run a route uh, later in the game. They run a route with Gallup, and he's going against Jalen Johnson, 33. And Jalen Johnson knocks the ball down, and he tries to outside set him, and Johnson jams him. And then he's trying to get back inside, and now the ball, you know, it's you're right. It's the timing. It's the depth. It's all that involved. So, yeah, if you don't have that – synced up you're going to have some plays that are going to get they're going to look bad either you know the ball's not going to be where it needs to be or the receiver's not where he needs to be on the round and to me a lot of that is about time together I don't know if with Dak missing last year as much time that he missed like when you start thinking about how much time he's practice time he may have missed it becomes a situation well, he got to practice this week and I, I think it showed up yeah I think the way the offense was running I think going back with Dak I think Kellen Moore called a hell of a game. I mentioned that. I think that Dak ran the game plan perfectly for how they needed to play yesterday. Yep. I really do. I think with all the movement and the throwing and putting CeeDee Lamb in the backfield and three-bunch tight end over here and keep hitting the spot here and then, oh, we're going to throw a screen over here to these tight ends and let them run. I mean, they had they Kellen Moore, I, I, I tweeted this out. I, I thought his first 15 were excellent. I'm like, okay, let me see the next 15. And the next 15 were just as good. And I thought they had really good balance when it came to the run-pass ratio. But the way that they made the Bears defend the whole field, I think that's something that was super impressive yesterday. Yeah, I think the the O-line allowed Dak to be very, very comfortable. Like, he just felt comfortable. He trusted what he got. He trusted the receivers, the, the tight ends. The running game was working. You talk about balance. Talk about all the balance between the running game. Dak running himself the ball, then the receivers, the tight ends. So every single component was working. It wasn't clean all the way because there was that interception. Also, talk about Turpin. Turpin, yeah. Look, I saw someone running. I'm like, who? I didn't see the number just yet. I look up. I'm like, what the heck? Who's who's that fast? There's only one guy that's that fast. And, of course, it was Turpin. So that's another thing that, you know, we've been talking about it on here as well. And it was really, really good to see them incorporate that into the, the game. Hopefully we get to see it a lot more because, man, he can freaking run. That guy is fast. Yeah, and, and when I went back and watched that, remember, because I said to you in the press box, 11-yard run on first down, they pitched it to him. The next play faked it to him and it was and it had C D dragging across and I watched fifty three the linebacker for the Bears was cheating way over we're seeing Turpin and it, it got out of the spot and, and C D filled right there. That's exactly what we're talking about about what Turpin can do. 
There's another play that I, I thought of Brian when I watched it again. I was like, this is exactly what you've been asking Kellen Moore to do is scheme the receivers open. Yeah. The touchdown to CD, he gets him in motion, and and he puts him in motion to from the right to the left behind Gallup. Gallup fights through the yeah. corner, and so the safeties don't know exactly what's going on because he's over here fighting with the corner yeah. and just pops CD wide open in between. Great yeah. throw by Dak. Too. No, it was. And I'm glad you mentioned that. It's well designed. Mm-hmm. You're, you're talking about bringing him in motion, getting him on the move, and then it's almost like they're running a wheel route yeah. mm-hmm. with the, the right. running back out of the backfield where we see so many times they're open, but he wheels it between, and now you put the corner and the safety in a bind, and he's just able, and Dak reads it the whole way. It was a great design, and and that's that's yeah, yeah we're we're all getting some things that we asked for, whether it's the Turpin plays, whether it's mm-hmm. the scheme guys open, you know, just a lot more creativity of trying to help your players. There's no way that any team. I mean, there, yes, Kansas City has Kelsey, and there's Kittle and all that. No, I don't think any team has three tight ends. Really four because McEwen I thought did a nice job on some on your on, on your on your uh, your play to uh, Turpin he was in the play in yeah. the game yeah he was in the game on the on the line and they had a fullback they had uh, Hendershot as the fullback yeah. and that's how they kind of ran the play they they these four tight ends you know really three but but McEwen plays some as well I thought Schultz did a nice job but Hendershot and 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 Ferguson I mean. They, they've they got something with these tight ends. Yeah. They're only going to get better when they get stronger and and, and even more you know in sync well, with that. Yeah, to your point, though, I mean, exactly what you're talking There was a sequence where they kept putting CD in the backfield and they kept running the they kept running the RPO going to the right. They finally handed him the ball. It wasn't blocked well the one time he yeah. tried to run. He got a little bit. But they kept running it. But they, what they were doing was they were taking the tight ends, all three of them, and they were bunching them together. Out and wide. Out wide. And then they put them right, and then they put them left, and then they put them out. And they kept doing and they it. Back, they basically flipped yeah. four different times. Exactly. They flipped them back and forth. Exactly. And they were throwing those. They threw a screen out yeah. there twice. They, yeah, they threw screens out there yeah. twice. They had they had the one downfield, yeah. not really downfield, but it was like a comeback to to Schultz. Like they were they were playing off of this whole idea that, and this is what I love about how Kellen did it. You send out three tight ends. The defense immediately thinks they're in big. Right. So we need to match big on big. You tweeted that. That was a and good tweet. And then what yeah. happens is yeah. now they go up tempo. They didn't allow them to then get out of it. Once yeah. they saw they got these tight ends out wide, yeah. now the often the defense is stuck with their big package out there and they got linebackers out having <clears> to try to cover these guys in space, which isn't that's a favor for the Cowboys. So yeah. that's the kind of stuff that when we talk about be creative, Kellen Moore. That's creative. Well, and, I love to see and it. And two, to your point, though, you take the running backs out and you put a wide receiver at running back. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, wait a minute, they're playing with a running back as a, as the halfback, three three tight ends playing as like trips wide receivers. Right. So now you're just totally messing with how they're how they're going to line up. Yeah. And 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 again, to your point, up tempo, don't let them sub back into their into their uh, to their. Uh, Personnel and those are things also that you don't. What you don't think about all the time is that's just one more package that now opponents coming up have to spend time working on. Right. If they come out in this, here's how we're going to handle it. And you can play off of that. You can do some other things with that package. You can really go big and force them now. If they decide they're going to run out there with a smaller package because they think you're going to put them out wide, now actually run, run the, some plays where yeah. you put them all in and you have them tight. And, uh, and then run from there. There's a lot of things you can do off that. I love that he did that in that uh, in that sequence. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back. One of the questions I have for you guys is, what do you think was the most interesting thing uh, that Kellen Moore did yesterday? Because we talked about someone. We talked about the tight ends. We talked about Turpin. We talked about Dak as a runner. I want to know what you guys think is the most interesting thing. And then, of course, we're going to get to Tony Pollard in his day. We'll do that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. 
Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Back to the break. Miller Lite is proud to bring you Q Barbecue Fest Dallas. It's at the Miller Lighthouse, AT&T Stadium. This weekend, November 4th through 6th, some of the best barbecue in the country. Get your tickets today at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. Welcome back. Second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment brought to you by Blockchain.com. And uh, here's my question for you guys. We talked about it a little bit before the break. What stood out to you most about how Kellen called the offense? And I talked about the tight ends. We talked about his use of Turpin. We talked about how Dak was uh, in the running game a little bit more yesterday. It could be other things. But what stood out to you most? Uh, well, for me, I mean, we did talk about a lot of it. I mean, what stood out the most is that, you know, you have a guy that just scored a touchdown and everybody got his first career touchdown. Everyone's high-fiving him. And then they show that he was one inch away from scoring. So it's first and goal in the one, and then they don't give him the ball. That's I think you said 100% you should give it to him, right? That make you I mad? Said, yeah, it did. I said it's a 100% <laughs> chance that the ball's going to him. Was I wrong? I mean, it was fake. <laughs> so it went to him, but then he pulled it away. I can't believe he did that, honestly. But I think look, going back and looking at it, I think he would have been stuffed yeah. for a one-yard loss. I think so, too. So, uh, But anyways, that would have been interesting. I mean, but you know, then, then we wouldn't have had one of the coolest celebrations of all time. So 
The rodeo move. Rodeo. Oh. You didn't see it? Yeah, I didn't see it. No, I was <laughs> too busy making make my notes. Oh, so, you don't, don't care about the rodeo. You know, it, it's funny because it. usually, I mean, this is just me in my head. I'm thinking, like, maybe there's some kind of, not that I've seen anything to give me this impression, but when you see younger tight ends playing well, and then you got a guy that's on a franchise tag and all that, you think, and this is me speaking, you think maybe there's some kind of, animosity or of some sort there and then to see that kind of celebration Dalton Schultz partake in it and be so like a teammate you know yeah. being part of the fun and just being just having fun out there and, and doing that kind of celebration it was just very refreshing and like and, and pretty cool to see so yeah. I definitely enjoy that celebration I'm like man oh, that's I, cool I was shocked that it was Schultz down there I thought I, I didn't think Schultz was the one like that's the cattle you know, oh, he was. Yeah, yeah I thought yeah. it was going to be Hendershot and, yeah, I thought and that Ferguson. Was Hendershot, yeah. No, it was. It was. It was Ferguson tying yeah, him up. That, but I thought it was Hendershot. And down it, no, yeah. Schultz that's what was I'm down saying. Down. It was okay. Schultz. Being I was surprised. Down. Down. Right. Yeah. So that it was just. It, it was kind of refreshing yeah. to see yeah. that. Yeah. Not every you know lead tied in just kind of leaves the other two to the side. You know what I mean? And says, "No, I'm not. I'm not going to help you out." You know, that doesn't happen. No, not very often. I mean, sometimes they all work together in one big room. The implier. You want to tell us a gentleman? Go ahead. Hey, Jason Whitney, he'll tell you. He goes, I'm not helping these young bucks to get up there and try to take my job. I'm not doing it. These young it. what? Bucks. Oh, I heard something else. No, you didn't. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, Brian. How do you follow that? Uh, the, uh, you know, I, I think the thing, to me, you did see the creativity with the offense. You did see the no huddle. You did see the aggressiveness. You did see them make them – I think Kellen Moore was – comfortable running the football the way they've been running the football, whether it's up inside. I think they did a great job of getting uh, you know, getting the backup running back ready to roll. I, I think the offense, they said, no, this is how we run the football. This is what we're going to do. We're going to run it inside when we have to. You know, the, the, the quarterback sneak was a great example of how the things have been kind of going for them in the running game a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no when doubt. you get, you know, you get uh, Biotish and Martin and, you know, you get the whole side of the Bears defense to cave in and they don't even think it they think it's going to be a run you know they don't think it's going to be quarterback sneak they're playing run and now Dak is just balance out the gate here you go but I think Kellen Moore you know he could have got like last week on those third down runs the ball was going to the outside 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 no he said to heck with this we're going to attack this we're going to attack the Bears and so I think that you know, last week was trying to kind of maybe see something different, but he realized, nah, we need to go at these guys running the football. And you know, they, they, you know, Malik did a great job. I mean, there was some times in the pass protection where Malik, they got him ready to play. They got this kid ready to play to where blitz pick up. They run a twist stunt. Him and Martin have to sort things out. That's coaching. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, hey, this is a young kid that runs scout team all week, and now he's thrown into a game to have to make a key block. So the ball can get out. So, I mean, Kellen, the things that they were able to do, not be afraid or cautious because they had certain pieces out, and and to get Gallup going early in that game I think was a good thing on his part as well. Let's talk about uh, Tony Pollard in this run game. Tony Pollard yesterday was 14 carries for 131 yards, a 9.4-yard average. Amazing. Three touchdowns. And I'm going to ask this question, and I know it might might get some – some weird rolled eyes, but it's something that fans are talking about. And I do think it's something that's worth a discussion is do you think that the Cowboys need to reconsider how they're deploying their two running backs after seeing what Tony Pollard could do yesterday? Yeah. I In think what way? so. 
well, get your more explosive guy in opportunities to be explosive. You know, I mean, at, at some point, like like we saw it, I'll take you back to 2009. I mean, Miles Austin starts a game, has a, starts because of an injury. Mm-hmm. Has 250 yards and two touchdowns in the game. Like, yeah. like okay, well, maybe maybe he wasn't going to start if he goes and doesn't do that. And now you're like, okay, if you've got that potential from start to finish of a game, maybe so. Um, I got a stat for you. Okay. Tony Pollard started three games at running back. Yeah. They scored 40 points in all three of those yeah. games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and now, one of them, he was not really the starter against the Falcons 2020. <laughs> but... These two games that he started, and he scored five touchdowns in these last two starts at running back. So I, I just think two weeks ago it was 15 to 12, and yeah. Zeke, so it's 15 to 12. I, I said this on the air this morning, radio on 105.3. 60 40 for Zeke. If it's 60 40 for Pollard, I think that's fine, and it helps Zeke's knee. And that's kind of what they're doing right now. They kind of riot the hot hand in certain yeah. situations. Some games it's a little more Pollard, some games it's a little more Zeke. So really, that wouldn't be a departure from what they've been doing, right? No. I mean, I'll let y'all chime in, but I, I, but you can say this though. Last that game against Detroit, maybe if Pollard gets a few more carries early in the game, it's not ten six in the fourth mm. quarter. Yeah. You know, he's got that home run ability, and so I've been fi- I've been like fighting it. I've been in there on the Zeke corner and does all this stuff. When you got a guy the fourth quarter breaking fifty five yard runs like that after he's had a bunch of carries, I think he he brings an element that that Zeke doesn't have, and I just think that they need to work maybe just massage it a little bit. Nothing crazy. They're both going to play a lot. Yeah, that to me was the most impressive part. You look at the fourth quarter and the way he was running the ball in the fourth quarter, and these were long. You know, he was explosive explosive throughout the whole game, but that's the wonder. It's like okay, can he hold up? Go, running constantly throughout the game and make it to the fourth quarter, and he showed that. So I think I'm. <laughs> I hate to say this, you know, I've been Team Zeke for the longest time, and I love Zeke, but maybe <clears throat> this is a time where maybe we do need to see a little bit of that transition just to see how it actually looks like and and how the running game kind of how it changes when you just. <laughs> Put Pollard as the lead because, I mean, it, it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue what he can do after seeing a game like the one we saw yesterday. The only thing you would worry about Pollard is when you played the Commanders, you didn't run for anything. Mm-hmm. That was Zeke and Pollard. Yeah. You know, that's the only thing. That's The eye test will tell you right now that you should play Pollard more. But, you know, I think this running game is evolving uh, I th- the thing I really appreciate, remember how many times we'd watch games and then Pollard would come in in the third series mm-hmm. and he'd get the one series and if it was good, he kept going. If it was bad, he was sitting on the sidelines. And then in the second half, he'd get another one. I think they're doing a really good job of giving both of these guys opportunities. I think, I think as you get to the second half, you're going to need both of these guys. And I mean both of them in a way of, hey, if Pollard's getting 15 and Zeke's getting 15, fine. Whatever whatever ratio it is, however you're winning the game or you know, however you're having success, go with that. The eye test will tell you. The eye test will tell you, hey, this guy is explosive. The eye test will tell you the other guy runs with a lot of toughness. The other guy gets carries that are third down converters, you know, and gets three or four yards when it's really, really tough, you know. But there's also that time when I remember the Commanders game where they don't run for anything, mm-hmm. both of them. 
And that's Pollard included. There was a couple of them where it was some minus runs as well. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm looking at that. I think they need to play both guys. I do. I think 27 carries, say, on one guy is a detriment for the next week and maybe for the next week after that. 14 and 16 or 14 and 13, whatever that is for two guys, I think that's manageable. I think that's manageable for the, the, the season and how you want to run the football. You know, I think it's encouraging that there's been games where Pollard has been the back when it's the four-minute offense mm-hmm. and they're trying to kill a game. I think that tells you that he can do it. I th- but I think you're going to need both these guys. I agree. I think I think one of the the tricky parts of this is is the passing game because if if the running back is going to stay in there and block, you want Zeke, and then that's nothing really against Pollard. He's not Zeke. Zeke is tougher, bigger, stronger, and he has a nose for it. He's been doing it longer. Hey, he's better there. If that running back slips out of the backfield and you dump it off to him like that happened in the game yeah. yesterday, you want that guy to be Pollard out there in the yeah. open. So it, that's where I think the tricky part comes in. Yeah, Pollard had a, a a blitz pickup where well, it was actually they missed a block on uh, on ninety three for the uh, it was uh, Justin Jones, the defensive lineman, got free and Pollard was looking outside and all of a sudden he just launches his body just to sacrifice himself. He knew it's like listen, I got to help, and Dak gets the ball down the field to Schultz for a first down. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those times where you're like, you know, we're, we're super mindful of Pollard, and then you say, oh, wait, look, he did it. He actually he showed awareness, and he, he saved a play there. Was that the free play? Yeah, well, it was not was the free it, it was Not the free play, that the 30-yarder to Schultz? No, 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 this, it, was, it, was a different, it was a oh. different throw. I think it was a different throw, Nick. i got to yeah. go back to my notes. But I, I know I remember just him lunging back inside to, to, make, to help Dak throw the ball. What, what was his call that he said, that, uh, the, the line that they said in the meeting <clears throat> that they were talking about yesterday that he said is, if you— If they make the call, he I'm He said, I'm if a you call it, I'm haul it. Yeah, I'm a haul it, yeah. He did. But see, that's, <laughs> that's the thing about it is there's, there's that question about is, the, is he physical enough to, pl- to pick up— but there, he didn't have to be physical enough. He just had to be aware. Aware. Yeah. Aware. And sometimes being aware and let them run over you to get to the quarterback, that'll slow them down just enough. If you just let them run over you, you're actually blocking. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. I think you just got to look at what it changes week by week, depending on the opponent. You know, you got to look at what the defense are, are doing to you because I do think there are times that. Zeke is better going at it because of his body build, his strength, as opposed to Pollard. That other occasions he's more the explosive one. So you found that Nick's right. It was a thirty-yard play. Yeah, because uh, which, that, was, which was offside. Three, yeah, three. So. Yeah, they go. They get offsides to get three vertical up top, and then also then twenty. Yeah, he gets just enough of that defender, so it's the ball gets out. And you're right, Nick. It was that the thirty-yard pass play, that and was, it, that's. That's the, that was the setup. And that was a huge play in the game. It's 28-23. It's I mean, third and nine. Third and nine. Now, yeah. now, they got an offside, so it was probably going to be third and four. I didn't think, from our viewpoint, I didn't think Schultz had a prayer of catching that pass. And then just the way it looked, it was like, yeah, I thought he sailed it over, but he made a nice catch. It kind of was Witten-like, you know, down the seam mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of the field. But, you know, to answer right there, and I think that goes back to what this offense, and that's why I'm excited about what the offense did, was that they they needed a couple of answers. They needed to come out and hit them in the mouth, which they did. Then a couple of times they had to answer. They showed if you get in one of these type of games, they can do that. And that, that 28-23, to come back and score like that and then get the well, fumble. The, the, then the way they played the two-point plays, too, 
right? I mean, because yeah. Tank sack, you know, I mean, he was Twice, on block. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, you can't give you give up points there. It's a three point game right yeah. there. You keep yeah. it a touchdown game by Tank, you know, destroying the play. Yeah, I said that. I said the the fields had a lot of interesting plays in the game, and he's going to be really good quarterback. But his best play was getting up from that hit. Yeah. Like yeah. Wow. he took one. Yeah, he and sometimes one. an athletic quarterback can hurt you. You know, because sometimes, yeah, there's a lot of quarterbacks that can't jump over uh, Micah Parsons. <laughs> yeah. So some would just say, you know what, I'm just going to touch him. I can't do that. But one he decided things, to hurdle him. One of the things you always talk about is a quarterback, is he is he football intelligent? Is he aware? <laughs> is he aware of football intelligent? Oh, that, yeah. Weird. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. There were some interesting things worth noting from that game. We'll do that when we come right back. DallasCowboys.com radio. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. This sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper is on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Back to the break. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. <laughs> Wake up, Dallas. Nick. Cowboys United presented by Globe Life starting at just $20. Join now and get your fan pack exclusive benefits and more. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United for details and join today. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studio. You guys need a break. Star. This is, we do need a break. <laughs> I, I'm so happy it's the bye week. We've got uh, This is the last show I'm going to get to do with you guys this week. Starting tomorrow, we will mix everything up. When you guys come and tune in to the break and pretty much every other podcast we do, you will have a whole different set of people on air. The host will say the same. Nothing else will. So make sure you tune in tomorrow and see how we mix this. It's coming in for the break. We've got uh, Aisha Morrison. We've got. She was Barry good on one hundred five three last night. She is really good. She did a good job. Really good. She did a good job. Good. And so we got Aisha on uh, on the break. We got Barry Church on the break. Well, that'd be good. Brian, you're going to talking. Me, Nate, and yes, Kyle Young. Yeah, we're early where in the morning. Are you going, Nick. I'm going to hang in with the boys yeah. for one for one day, and okay. then I'm also going to girls talk, boys talk. 
That fits so well. That's awesome. That would okay. be good. Good. Yeah. good. Amber, where are you going? <laughs> Dominican Republic. <laughs> I'll be out. I said, I'm out. I knew exactly where that was going. Passport <laughs> land. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> Look, Amber's getting a tropical vacation out of this. So, yeah, goodbye week. All right, let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. They allowed 240 yards rushing yesterday. Yeah. My question for you, <laughs> how concerned are you uh, with this rushing defense? They've had some issues earlier in the season, but you could also justify it yesterday that they were just playing a team that was dedicated to running the ball. That's what happens when you do that. How concerned are you today? I'm not that concerned. I mean, I think I mean, this team, Chicago, somebody has going to get a bonus if they lead the league in rushing. Over there, some coach or whatever, and, and they're going they're doing it. And they're like, oh, down twenty, <laughs> they're going for the bonus. We're going to run this ball. Like, like <laughs> they they're not going to get out of the running game. That's fine. That's why they lead the league in rushing. I mean, what three were they three and six down? Three and five? Three and five? Three and five? I mean, what three and five team leads the league in rushing? I mean that that's a one that doesn't trust their quarterback much. Well, true, and one that they should trust that guy. I think a little bit more than they do. He, he proved that he played pretty good. I don't know when we're going to see them again. Don't you know? Who knows? You never know. I mean, it won't be next year. It'll be a, it'll be a couple years or whatever. He's going to be way better. Yeah, he he he's good. I, yeah. I, he is going to be good. good once he gets yeah. a little awareness, stops jumping people and <laughs> and you know. But he, he also needs some help too. His receiver. I mean, yeah. those yeah. who's Mooney's good. Mooney Mooney could help them though. I mean, I I'll say this about their running game. This this is what makes it difficult because of like we talk about the stress with the running quarterback, which. You know, it means scrambles and things like that. I mean, Tank had him three or four times. I felt like that. You know, I mean, I know I exaggerate probably two times where he yeah. had him, and others had him, and he's scrambling and he's gaining yards. That that's that's a problem. They're they're dropping back with the intent to pass, and then he takes off running, and now it's a it's basically a running play is what it is. So, um, the thing that teams are doing to the Cowboys in the running game, and especially in the perimeter stuff. They've tried to shore up the middle with the linebackers and the defensive line. And by the way, your new defensive tackle didn't play bad. He did what exactly what you needed him to do. Now it doesn't it doesn't show when it happens on the outside. Teams have figured out they don't block you one on one. They know they can't block Micah Parsons one on one. What they do is they shield him. They shield him or they'll chop him or they'll do stuff to where they affect how he plays. And it's much easier in a running game to down block, down block, and then pull guys out. And they were able to do that several times. Some of the really good runs that they had were that the, the crack toss. I mean, the quarterback power that they scored on. No, no crack there or no toss. Crack, crack. Get Lyman out. You know the fourth and the fourth and one play, Derek. I mentioned that they had a chance. Dallas had a chance to get off the field. They slant the front to the side of the of the run of the toss. They're in great shape. Diggs is unblocked on the edge. Diggs all of a sudden kind of goes, uh, you know, one of those. You know, yeah. Kinda, uh, you know, that's what he did. And and you know, and all of a sudden, you know, literally, if you have somebody screaming off that corner, at least cutting him down, yeah. it's Dallas's ball on a fourth down, and now the drive's not going. Yeah. They, you know, they they slant their front and then throws them off, or they they get crack, crack, and then pulls. It gets the corner. I've said it before. When you watch Dallas, when they struggle, it's the, the edges get cracked or sealed. The next guy, linebacker, gets sealed, and that linebacker could be Curse who's down there playing low. And so he's kind of having to fight it. 
and you got an edge that's uh, again, you know. So that's that's the issues. And just to make sure that, that people understand what you're saying by down block, down block, yeah. and then pull. What happens basically? You got the two outside angle, angle. Guys, you got, yeah, you got a tight end and yeah. you got a wide receiver. They're both blocking down, so Angles. they'll hit. They'll hit the yeah. defensive end. Yeah. They'll hit the safety, and then they'll pull the two offensive linemen behind them behind toward them. the outside. Right. And now you've got this situation where. Now those those defensive players have to fight through all this traffic right. to get out to the running back. It's just it's hard. They to do. ran a they ran the, a toss early in the game that Brown played exactly how you're supposed to play it because Riley Reef, the big number seventy one, gets out and what does Brown do? He dives underneath. He dives underneath and now Riley Reef can't block yep. him. And now everybody's there to make the tackle because they had you some— You muddy it up, too. You right? muddied yeah. it up. Yeah. yeah, instead, they're like, it's so easy to down block. It, that's what happens. They don't take Micah Parsons on head-on and try and, you know, and hook him. They just down block him. And, and what happened, Parsons started saying, uh-uh, no more. Jump. He started just jumping around. He started just jumping, and they were, they were missing him, but, you know, and they were getting guys up. But that's what people are doing to you. They're they're forcing your edge to have to play, their corner to have to play. You know, and there's some inside runs and stuff like that where yeah, it happens. But where you give up your big plays are when down block, down block, around, and then a soft corner right there. Yep. And Hankins ain't gonna help you with that. No, he can't get past the D. Yeah. yeah. But you know, the inside runs and stuff, he took on double teams. Now, I'll say this about Clark. I I, I thought it was a little rough for him in this first game. You know, but hell, he played. He played a ton. He yeah. was kind of like, okay, I'm supposed to be here. I guess I'm supposed what, to. He be. had like 40, 30 some, yeah, some snaps. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, he had a couple of plays, a couple of tackles, and stuff like that. But you know, he's going to have to get the feel for that stuff. He really is. But man, they, these teams have figured out if you're going to play soft corner, soft edge, and they can down block you and take you out of that. Boom, they can run the football over there. Um, I think that. You know, this is something we need to be talking about at some point. About is there more to this game that you want to get to? No, I mean, I just think, you know, last year Micah Parsons was going to win Ricky of the Year, but we're like, what about Defensive Player of the Year? Now I think he has a really good chance to win Defensive Player of the Year. Maybe you should go higher than that, seriously, because hmm. he is the most valuable player on this football team. When he's off for four or five snaps, the Bears yeah. go right down the field. Yeah. They having to do everything to scheme against him, and oh, we can't block like this. We got to do this and this and this. Mm. He affects this team, which affects the defense, which affects the offense. And this is a good football team. You have to be a good football team. So if they can get up in the mix and they keep playing like this, I think that it's time to start looking at at maybe a defensive player being in the conversation for MVP. I really think that's how good he is. I, I was trying to think of the last one. I, I mean, I know Lawrence Taylor won it. <laughs> Did Woodson was 80s? Woodson defensive player of the year at defensive back? Oh, for the Packers. That yeah, year? that yeah. one year. I don't know. I mean, I just throwing that out there. But I mean, the, the thing about you're right about Micah, and but man, it's like they're 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 going after his knees, guys. Mm-hmm. They're like bringing guys commit, and those guys are coming across the formation, and they're cutting them, and which is they're cutting his left leg, and he's spinning out of that and stuff like which that. Which I think is so crazy because. Defensive guys can't do that to offensive. No, you, know, you talked about Brown. How they? Yeah. If he would have just attacked his legs, yeah, they they would call a penalty on that. Yeah. I know they do in college. I think they do in the pro. I don't yeah. think you can just 
cut a guy in the move like that. But they on offense, they could do it to the defense. Inside the tackle box. Yes, the NFL, one, of those, right? one of those weird rules where the offense can do it's it. The but you can't hit the quarterback in the face, but you can like, yeah. cut oh, the guys. That, that yeah, you play, can't grab a face mask, but if you're yeah. happening to be hitting a guy with a straight arm and you're hitting his face mask. 31-7 okay. to yeah. seven Cowboys at the half yeah. if, if Golston doesn't hit him up there like that. They're going to get a field goal off that pick by Diggs, 31-7, I, and then instead it's 28-17. I couldn't tell from the end zone copy. They, they went away from it quick. I mean, I was hoping it, but it looked like from the sidelines, it looked like he hit him in the head. Yeah, yeah, he hit him in the head. Shorter quarterback, yeah. bigger defensive. I mean, there's yeah. no. You just got to be. By the way, it, it's unfair. We all know it's unfair, yeah. but it's just it's the plight of it. And I also think I just think when it comes to defensive players, they got to move the target lower. You yeah. got to go for the midsection yeah. and target the midsection because that's not going to move. But down then you as get much, to, right? you hit low mean. though. You get these officials that think you're hitting midsection and you're going low on a guy, but, and they'll call that too and, and, in the midsection. I mean, like, well, I know, if but your if, target is oh, like I understand. Sternum, right? No, but I understand. But they're, they're, some of these officials think if you have a, a quarterback kind of goes down and you hit him in the midsection, well, they're thinking they're going low on a guy. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It's by a low the, there's holding on both teams, by the way, in this game. By the way, too, just have the quarterback wear the stupid belt and the flag around you gotta them, grab and their, let's just play yeah, flag grab their flag. Yeah. God. And by the way, no, Lawrence so... Taylor was the last defensive player. Okay, so that was 86. 86. 86. Okay, and so that was that long ago. The, the one before that was Alan Page in 1971. Oh. Purple people eaters. Only two people, two defensive players ever like, won MVP. It's like I was baseball. the only one alive here that saw him win that. Yeah, I was about to say, I was, I was still just a thought from it, my pops. Is a... Uh, it's like baseball, you know. They have a Cy Young award, so that guy doesn't usually win MVP, you know, yeah. because we have a award for you, you know, mm-hmm. defense player. You're just give him that; he'll be happy. Let's give it to somebody else, and you know, maybe it'll be. He's an incredible player. Yeah, he's yeah. just, you know, for being the, this team goes off their defense, and the defense is obviously, you know, runs from everything through Micah. So I think it's something to be talking about. I right, appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back. I will be back tomorrow. These guys will be on Catch me shows. bright and early. Make sure you check all our shows tomorrow. It'll be interesting to, to hear some different opinions from some different matchings and pairings. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!